basically you can't apply an algorithm like this. Exactly. <laughs> you can't mess with kids' future like this. Hi, you're listening to How to Rob a Bank. I'm Zoe. I'm Bea. And we're both maths graduates still trying to find X. Thank you for tuning in to our second episode, How to Predict Grades Badly. Here in the UK, due to the pandemic, school exams in the summer were cancelled and anyone due to take their GCSEs or A-levels was instead given a grade through an algorithm created by Ofqual, the regulatory body for exams. This algorithm caused tons of controversy, especially because it was a flawed algorithm. The basic way in which this algorithm worked was by asking teachers to rank the students in their class as well as assign them a grade. For larger class sizes, the algorithm ignored the grade the teacher had assigned them, and instead the grade a student got was based on an average grade that the school's previous students got across the past three years, depending on where that specific student lay in the rank. Eventually, after many protests and petitions, the government did a U-turn and discarded the algorithm giving students the original grades their teachers had assigned them. But the damage in many ways was done, as university offers had been withdrawn for so many. In this episode, we discuss some of the key mistakes made in the algorithm having read off Cole's report. But what do you think? For example, were you a student who had to go through this process? How did you feel? Or perhaps you also read the 319-page off-call report. If so, why are you so boring? We would love to know. So drop us a DM on Instagram at howtorobabank, or you can email us. Our email address is howtorobabank at gmail.com. To quote Cathy O'Neill, Algorithms are opinions embedded in code. Anybody who would have done this would have done it wrong. I don't think there was a way that you could have done this correctly. The whole point of a, of a result is that it's the effect of something that you did. You can't have an exam result if you never took an exam in the first place. So the whole, oh, what you were most likely to get had you taken the exam... I just hate that, you know. Yes, I and- hate that too. I completely <laughs> agree with you. Like, you can't assign somebody something that, you know, you you think they will get, especially since it has so much effect on what they will be doing after they get this grade. So true. So since we've both read the report, let's just summarise the mistakes that Ofqual made. Yes. Mistake number one. They considered like three approaches, macro, like as in a national thing, meso, which is a centre assessed one, and individual, and they disregarded individual profiling because they didn't want to get too political. Basically, the benefit of individual profiling would have been that they could have seen an individual student's previous grades and predicted what they would get in the future. But also they, they couldn't have done it that way because they got rid of AS levels, um, so students missed out yeah. on an exam that could have been useful in assigning their grades like other European countries did. Exactly. Okay, if, if it were up to you, of the sort of macro, the meso, so, so the school assessed grade or the individual, what would you have r- rated highly or most highly in trying to predict grades, if you had to predict the grade? Oh, that's a really hard one. I think I would have maybe gone with a combination of meso an individual yeah i know what you mean i mean the school you go to probably does play some weight in how you do in your exams but i think on an individual level it's much more accurate yeah yeah i think 
So the reason why I think it's annoying that they placed such a huge emphasis on which school you went to and the historical data is because the kids aren't really going to school because of the pandemic. So the school they're not really getting the knowledge that is required. Like what what is a grade showing? Surely a grade should reflect your knowledge or at least correlate with like your knowledge on a subject, but you're not getting that knowledge. So if you have one kid who went to a bad school, one kid who went to a good school, they both have the same, you know, grade at GCSE. And now the one who went to a good school gets a better grade because historically they've done better. Um, but neither of them are learning anything. You know, they're both deprived of knowledge. So what is the purpose of a grade? Like, is it just... Yeah. It just seems like it's for the sake of it. Yeah. That's one way to look at it. Mistake number two. So they basically predicted the results for 2019, but they already knew the results for that. And that was part of their input in their model. So in effect, they've already put in their answer to get the answer, if that makes any sense at all. Yes, yeah. So, okay, so basically, they they used the rank of the real results, but they wouldn't have known that. They wouldn't have known what the true rank was. There yes, was this data yeah. leakage. Is that, is that the point? That's exactly it. Mistake number three. The assumption that the ranking is correct in the first place. The problem with assuming that, which Ofqual have, have written in their report, they've said, we committed to not changing the rank orders submitted by centres because we believe centres are best placed to judge the likely performance of their students relative to one another at the end of the course. Okay, so fine, fair enough. There's been a, there have been quite a few studies about, you know, it's easier to compare two different things than it is to assign them a value inherently. But teachers have bias. They have, you know, a lot of unconscious bias. Exactly. The whole point of exams is that your teacher isn't marking them, that it's somebody else. That's the part, one of the benefits of having an exam as opposed to just your teacher just giving you a grade at the end of the year. Otherwise, everyone would just do that. Yes, exactly. And um, the algorithm placed a lot of weight on the rank system. So the rank alone is not a very useful piece of information on you know, a student's performance. For example, two students, one with rank X and rank Y, could be only one mark apart but also could be like a whole grade apart yeah exactly and also if 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 the teacher ranked the student and some were tied then they had to be they had to be ranked so if if you had like top three students but actually nope you have to do one two three then someone's unlucky just because maybe their name came later alphabetically or something just because an algorithm is tested for bias doesn't mean it's accounting for all bias yes exactly because it's hard for the person developing the algorithm to check for bias themselves yeah mistake number four it doesn't really account for outliers for example that really smart kid in a low performing school like how does that get get accounted for in in this distribution thing because they're not part of the distribution it, it seems strange that, that they wanted to assign grades to every single kid in the rank as opposed to, like, you know, maybe seeing a general trend of, like... I, I mean, seeing, like, maybe the interquartile range of the rank and, and then kind of, you know, doing something with yeah. that instead it's of, It's like, funny because they use such um, complicated and maybe not sophisticated, <laughs> but definitely complicated maths to, to model um, the students, but forgot about simple maths uh, like the interquartile range. You know, to check outliers and... Uh, Wait, can you explain the interquartile range just in case anyone's, like, forgotten? So the interquartile range is 
basically the middle 50% of statistical dispersion. And so it's basically the difference between the 75th percentile of the data and the 25th percentile. So if the class had 20 kids, then just looking at the middle 10 kids, what is their grade distribution? Does it look similar to previous years? If it does, then okay, fair enough. If it doesn't, perhaps there's a reason for that. You know, communicate with the school. Why is it so much higher? Yeah. And then you can go into individual profiling, etc. I mean, the irony of it is um, they didn't want the grade inflation and they probably did create a grade inflation in the end with this u-turn yes exactly mistake number five nobody peer reviewed it they they didn't have somebody look at it on the side and say that does not look right you should tweak that it's so bizarre that they completely skipped that step yeah. It's also very strange that they waited that they waited for results day as opposed to like having a lot of communication beforehand because you know then the universities and the whole issue with too many people getting their offers after the U-turn but not enough people getting their places blah 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 like they could have just avoided so many issues if there'd just been more transparency with yeah firstly the peer review and then secondly just like chatting to teachers and being like look we feel like this yeah. is wrong I mean I don't know Mistake number six. Ofqual were too precise. In what way? So be, so being precise doesn't mean that you're accurate. They would shift all grades in a class to map the previous three's amalgamated grade. And this is really, really dodgy because the difference between precision and accuracy is quite important. You can think of it in a couple of different ways, but like if you're hitting a target and you hit the same spot every single time, that's quite precise. But if that spot is not the bullseye, then that's not really accurate. You're just hitting the same spot. You know, great, precise, but you've not, you know, you've not really aimed correctly. Yeah. Ofqual literally shifted all of the grades in a class and they assumed that a teacher was either lenient or strict. And so they didn't assume that a teacher could be lenient for some students could be strict for other students or that a teacher who's assigned a grade a for example might be 70 percent sure but for another kid they might be like 100 percent sure so yeah they would shift the entire class and so you'd get people in the outliers of those instances who whose final grades given by Ofqual are just completely wrong you know it might look kind of fair it might look kind of like you know as a general trend oh yeah this looks kind of cool but but it's totally yeah. wrong like like in previous years this wouldn't have happened so teachers probably wanted to predict their students a higher grade so that they get into um their chosen universities or their chosen sixth form colleges or whatever um but this year it's different right Th- these teachers are predicting their real grades um for for their future like it, it could be life-changing exactly the, the the methodology is going to be different. They were never assigning grades in the past. Yeah. Mistake number seven. So there's this thing that they wrote about unconscious bias and how to tackle it. They firstly didn't really recognise that, that it's actually a bit of a problem. To put it in context, at Bristol University, back in like 2003-04, they looked at primary school kids and what they were likely to get in their SATs. Um, and they compared what the teachers thought they were likely to get and what um, they actually got. And they noticed that certain demographics were underpredicted and certain demographics were overpredicted. Um, so, for example, black kids were um, 
twice as underpredicted as their white counterparts. And Indian and Chinese kids were um, slightly <laughs> overpredicted, actually, um, with the stereotype that those kids are smarter. And white kids from lower socioeconomic backgrounds were also underpredicted, and ones from uh, you know who were slightly wealthier were overpredicted. And and all of this stuff, there's a lot, you know there is quite a lot of evidence that supports this. So yeah, like to to tackle this, they just kind of were like, okay, well we sent the schools this five page guidance, which only two of which actually has any information. The rest is just the title page and the contents page. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it says like good stuff, like, oh yeah, don't, you know, be biased. Um, but I don't, I don't see teachers like taking that into consideration that much because the ones that are already aware are already aware, and the ones that aren't, aren't. Yeah, but there's no way of knowing for sure that you know this teacher is actively avoiding this unconscious bias as well. Yeah. Mistake number eight. I think one of the main issues is the education system in the UK. Yes. (laughs) If they didn't get rid of, you know, AS levels, then maybe we wouldn't be in such a pickle. Exactly. They specifically mentioned in the report, we don't have enough information on students. And it's like, well, that's your own fault. Yeah. If there have been no formalised, externally examined assessments for kids, then how can teachers also rank the students in, in any kind of accurate order. Yeah. Although, like, it was a really bad algorithm overall, I want to bring up some positives. Like, they um, considered a lot of edge cases within their model. Yeah. Um, for example, they thought about private candidates. Um, and these are students who, you know, are homeschooled or... They're essentially, like, students that don't attend the school. They're either privately tutored or homeschooled or something along those lines. Yeah. And they also considered, you know, small entry in subjects where the statistical distribution wouldn't necessarily apply. Although that doesn't mean they handled those edge cases well. I'm not saying that. That's one of those. That's one of the factors that really benefited private schools, um, etc. And actually, this advantage was not given to um, some private candidates. So. If you were a private candidate that was kind of vaguely associated with a centre, which is perhaps where you would take the exam to be invigilated, but you don't actually get taught at that school, you're just going there for the exam, they would slot you into their ranking system. But in the private schools, um, that didn't happen. You are given whatever your teacher thought, thought you deserved. Which is unfair because, you know, these private candidates, the teachers don't know them. And yeah. You know, the teachers were the ones in charge of giving their ranking and assigning them a grade. So Exactly. If you had to do this in your own way, what kind of things might you have perhaps done differently or just considered? You mean the algorithm or like the handling of this whole situation? Um, do you know what? Either. Oh, OK. So I think if I was in charge, I would never have gotten rid of AS levels in the first place. Oh, yeah, um, that's true. And so I think I would have, like other EU countries like France and the Netherlands, they they took the average grade for previous tests and coursework and um, gave those students those grades. And I think I think that would probably be like the most fair thing to do in this sort of situation, especially if it's 
unsafe to sit the exams. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But I think a lot of people might disagree, but I would have gone through with exams at some at some stage, maybe just at a later stage, staggered, staggered exams, like maybe, you know, you don't have all the exams on one day, maybe you have slightly different exams, um, maybe like five or six different maths exams, for example, and then... Yeah. But I, but I don't think that you can assign grades in this way um, in any kind of f- fair way. And I know that it wouldn't yeah. have been fair that kids would have been struggling um, because of the pandemic, etc. But but the exams wouldn't have been for the entirety of the course. It no. would just be for the amount that they were in school for. And but they would be awarded that as a full A level. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think if it was safe to do the exams, then, you know, I would let the students sit these exams maybe at a slightly later date or as you say, like, um, only do, like, a few of the exams and, and spread them all out. But I, I think it's wrong to, you know, deny students of the chance to try and prove themselves. Yes, exactly, exactly. Everybody's got a story. Everyone has a story. Like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I was predicted really badly. Uh, you know, my teachers didn't think I could do it, but then I smashed it out. Yeah. You, you have to have an external body assessing you. Yeah. You, your teachers can't assess you. There's, t- there's too many issues with your teacher giving you your final grade. Yes. So, so the, the thing is, is that I suppose we're kind of in agreement that you, kind of, you can't just have one assessment if you're going to do this weird grade thing. Yeah. You have to have multiple assessments over a longer period of time to, to sort of determine the most accurate grade per subject, per student kind of thing. Yes. When you leave it all down to one thing or one day or a couple of hours, you, you just leave too much to chance. Um, we would be in such a better position had we, had we not done that. I say we as a yeah. as some sort of collective. <laughs> yeah. So shall we talk about other instances of algorithmic bias as well? Yes. I don't really know the specifics of the algorithm behind it, but there's this accounting system that post office had and it essentially had software defects and um it meant that sub postmasters were being accused of like false accounting and theft. And that has a big impact on somebody made some of them go bankrupt some were prosecuted and jailed and it wasn't until recently that you know they they found out that it was actually the accounting software that made this mistake and so that that meant that the post office had to pay like almost 58 million settlement after more than 550 claimants came back and you know brought legal action over the system because the system was wrong um and the thing is Algorithms, they're like a black box. Nobody knows exactly what's going on um, behind it. And they're essentially just tools that the people that are using it don't really have the knowledge to question properly. That's deep. I know. (laughs) Challenge time. So, our very first challenge, Prison Break as follows so before you begin the heist you need to build a team of people you can trust you receive news that your good friend and former accomplice has almost escaped from prison and is impersonating a guarding robot waiting for a chance to exit when you arrive at the prison gates you notice there are five guards but can't tell which one's your friend you only know one thing each robot guard always lies for the whole day or always tells the truth for the whole day now your friend's not a robot, so they can speak freely, and you have to work out which guard is secretly your friend to help them escape. So, guard A says, today I tell the truth. 
God B says, yesterday I lied. God C says, today I lie. God D says, yesterday I told the truth. And God E says, tomorrow I shall tell the truth. So which one is our friend? Turns out God C is our friend because we know that each of the robot guards always lies for the whole day or tells the truth for the whole day and this doesn't indicate that the guards have to have truth or lie days in any particular order so the guards don't have to have truth lie days that are alternating so they don't have to have truth lie truth lie truth lie days they could equally have truth truth lie lie truth and so on kind of days and then there's also no reason to presume that the guards will follow the same orders and so a guard's truth lie day can be different to another guard's truth lie days so here's the juicy bit why is guard c our friend guard c said today i lie if guard c is telling the truth that means guard c is lying as indicated from the statement if guard c is lying then God C has just told us the truth about lying. So God C's statement is essentially a paradox and paradoxes like these are known as liar's paradox, which are attributed to an ancient Greek seer, Epimenides? Epimenides? Epimenides. To an ancient Greek seer. Um, and this Greek seer, he was an inhabitant of Crete and he famously declared that all Cretans are liars. And so this kind of paradox will arise whenever a statement refers to whoever's claiming the lie themselves. For example, this sentence is a lie. It's interesting that so many people made the assumption that the guards would have to speak like truth lie, truth lie, truth lie in that specific order. Yeah, actually I made that assumption at first too. But then I reread the problem and then figured it out. It kind of seems to me like, you know, that dress that was black and blue and also white and gold. Like some people's brains just assume things for them sometimes and we can't get out of that. There's so many times when I've assumed something. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Except except the blue black thing isn't about assuming. It's more about the way your brain works. Yeah, true, true. We can like force ourselves almost sometimes to think like, no, no assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of got me thinking about what would the problem look like if it were truly truth, lie, truth, lie, truth, lie. And effectively, like if all the guards have to tell the truth and tell a lie on the same days as each other, then we kind of get into a bit of a chaotic situation. There's no like conclusive answer. But if they're all independent and they have to go truth, lie, truth, lie, truth, lie, then we have three answers that are paradoxes. Would you like to share which ones? (laughs) Yeah, so the first one is the same. Today I lie. Today I lie will always be a paradox. It's kind of like if we said women lie, that's a paradox because we're women and we're saying that we're lying. But if if we're lying, then we should be telling the truth. So, you know, it's interesting. And then the other two are yesterday I told the truth. And the other one is tomorrow I shall tell the truth. They're both paradoxes too. So if anybody said D or E they were close because they were still thinking in those paradoxical terms. Yeah. So tomorrow I shall tell the truth is a paradox because if we have that assumption of truth lie, truth lie, then if we're on a truth day, tomorrow I shall tell the truth, that's true, but that means there's two truth days in a row. 
And if today's a lie day, tomorrow I shall tell the truth means that that statement is a lie, which means that tomorrow is a lie day. But again, we have two lie days in a row and that causes problems, a paradox. And, yeah. And, and then I guess, yeah, a similar situation for the yesterday version. Exactly. But you can also extend this slightly further. So you could say two days into the future, the day after tomorrow, I will tell a lie is also a paradox. Oh my God. It's, it's a paradox for similar reasons to t- today I lie. So two days into the future, if today is a truth day, two days into the future has to be a truth day as well. So if I say two days into the future is a lie and today's a truth day. Then that's effectively the same as saying today is a lie. I'm going yeah, to lie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if I say, and if today were a lie day and I said in two days time, I'm going to lie, then that should be a, well, then I, if I'm lying and saying two days into the future is a lie, then actually two days into the future is a truth, but it has to be the same as today. Um, yeah. And that's also, I'm not done yet. <laughs> you <know. laughs> That's also why you could say, if you have that assumption of truth by truth by truth by, you could say 2,571 days into the future, I will tell the truth is a paradox. And equally, you could say 3,678 days ago, I told a lie is also a paradox because any odd number of days away from you, if you say that that's a truth, then that's a paradox. And any even number of days away from you, if you say that's a lie, then that's also a paradox. So like as a general rule. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it just got me thinking with, with all the questions that were coming in. So anyone who said D or E, you are on something. If we have that assumption, that's kind of how the whole entire problem would sort of look. Yeah. Unfortunately, we didn't have that assumption. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> but hold on to that thought, guys, because one of our challenges, probably five or six, will have this this thought process you, you, you might need for that. But we won't tell you what that challenge is until then. So though we've spoken a bit about unconscious bias. Have you ever experienced unconscious bias from your teachers? That affected the way that they thought that you might perform? I'm not sure if it's unconscious bias but I distinctively remember I think I was in year six <laughs> um, a lot of my friends were entered into this maths competition thing. Oh the maths challenge! Yeah yeah, yeah the UK maths challenge I think. Basically uh, the teachers would enter some of us and it was just for fun and if you did well then you'd get like a bronze silver gold certificate and basically my teacher didn't enter me in um because she thought I wouldn't do well Aww. at all um she thought she thought that I wouldn't even get a bronze certificate oh um, okay I really wanted to do it because all my other friends did it and yeah I know I think when you're that young you just want to be included you went to a geeky school <laughs> I did not <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I thought you did because like you're like all oh, my friends wanted to do the math challenge. It's like no, yeah, no, I mean no, no, they didn't want to. The teacher entered them. For, oh, to... I see. Like, I see. We, we didn't have any to... choice in it, and because <laughs> all my friends were in like entered by the teacher into this competition, I wanted to to be part of it too, just like try it out. And um, you know what? I ended up getting a gold certificate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Of course you did. Of course you did. Of course I did. And then and then the funny thing is, um, I think I was entered for like the UK math challenge for like secondary school kids. Like I think I think there's different levels for it. Yeah. Um <laughs> and my maths teacher thought I would do well. Um <laughs> I ended up doing not so well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's unconscious bias, but 
it was definitely when a teacher thought I would do well or not do well and the the opposite happened. So every single Monday morning, my A-level physics teacher, he would come in and he'd say, how was everyone's weekend? And everyone, like, you know, didn't answer because that's just what kids did. (laughs) And he was like, I bet Bia's was really bad because she's not allowed to leave the house, basically, because I'm like, you know, brown. And it would happen all the time. Like, oh man, it was so annoying. But it was funny because he had all these assumptions about me as a human being and and what I was or wasn't allowed to do. But for some reason, it, it didn't really like impact how he thought I would do in an exam. Whereas there have been other teachers who have like underpredicted me for basically no reason by like five or six grades. And if it wasn't for my AS results, I wouldn't have been predicted the right grade that I eventually got as well. So I just I just want to know how did your physics teacher get away with those comments? I mean, I don't really know. He he would do them all the time. So I was actually kind of vaguely warned. Someone said the year before, you know, oh yeah, this guy, but oh yeah, the racist one. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't really unconscious bias, actually, now that I think about it. It was more like conscious bias. It was like, you are brown. I will make assumptions about you and I will embarrass you in front of the class. <laughs> So that's all for now. But thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and family and make sure you're following us on Instagram where we'll be posting more challenges as well as additional discussions that we don't include in our episodes.